going back to uh, the, the book of, of Daniel, uh, chapter 10, uh, this evening. And, and uh, we're, we're doing this just kind of base uh, our remarks this evening. We're, we're still talking about uh, territorial spirits and uh, under the, the, uh, the broad heading of understanding spiritual warfare. And, uh, you know, so last week we talked about, uh, you know, the spiritual battle that was initiated because of Daniel's uh, three weeks of praying and fasting and, uh, and, and the message, you know, that, that came to him. And, and um, I just, uh, I, I'm not going to going to, you know, go back into that, you know, other than just to say, you know, when, you know, when we're praying, when you're praying and, and you don't see an immediate response uh, from the Lord, don't, don't give up. Amen. Don't give up. You know, the Lord teaches persistence in prayer, but unless God opens our eyes to be able to see into the realm of the spirituals. Uh, we don't understand what's going on, or we I understand we we may not know what's going on behind the scenes that uh, has been a direct result, you know, of our prayer. And I don't know how many of you years ago uh, read the books by Frank Peretti. Um, that had to do with spiritual warfare. They, they were fiction. Uh, they were fictional uh, novels. But, uh, but I, I do believe that some, some of the things that were in some of those books were, you know, had, a, had, had an element of truth. Um, you know, but, and I know that he used a lot of imagination uh, in describing, you know, the realm of the spirit but I remember in, in one book, you know, the, the, the theme of the book revolved around, you know, pastor of a, a real small church, you know, and it was a country church and, and, and they struggled and, and uh, had spiritual battles. And, uh, and then he would describe the, the spiritual conflict that nobody could see uh, when that man got down to pray. Things begin to to happen in the realm of the spirit, and so so those things we we cannot see. God has not given us uh, the ability; He's not opened our eyes to be able to see those conflicts. Uh, we just need to know that they're there. Right. And and when you pray, and uh, uh, and you don't see a uh, an immediate response from the Lord. Don't stop praying, you know, because I do believe, and we're we're going to talk about it here a little bit. I, I do believe that your prayer provokes spiritual activity. You know, when you pray for the souls of people, you know, when you pray for your family to be saved and 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 your loved ones, you know, to to come. Uh, to the truth and and to and to be saved, uh, I do believe that there is spiritual warfare that is initiated be- because Satan doesn't want people saved. 
He wants everybody uh, to, to be lost and, and to go to hell. And so I don't believe that we need to stop praying until we, we get an answer from the Lord. Amen. So this evening our, our topic uh, is going to be the human role in spiritual warfare. What, what is our role? Now I'm speaking about this in the context of Daniel chapter 10 now. And um, uh, when, when we pray and we fast and answers have been long in coming, you know, what, what's our role, you know, in this? And, uh, and there, there's been a lot of speculation. There's been a lot of things that have been done and said uh, concerning spiritual activity that uh, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I struggle with it uh, because there's, there's been a lot of what I believe to be presumptuous things that have been said and done uh, in apostolic services that, um, that I, don't, I don't find scriptural. Uh, and it has to do with the realm of angels and you know and demons and stuff like that. Now, having said that, uh, I do know that God has has given the church power over demons. Amen. Okay, He sent He sent the seventy out one time. And he told them to heal the sick. He told them to raise the dead. He told them to cast out devils. And they came back and reported to him. And, and they were astonished. See, they, when they came back and reported, they didn't say anything about the sick. And they didn't say anything about the dead. They, they were astonished that they had power over demons. Because they said, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us. And it was almost like they were astonished. But, but God has given His body power over demons. When, when the Lord instructed the church to, to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely you have received, freely give, he wasn't talking just to preachers. He wasn't talking to uh, evangelists and pastors and teachers and apostles and prophets. He was talking to everybody who has been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So the, the subject of casting out devils it is not a mystery. I don't have a problem with that. Here's what I have a problem with that I don't find anything in Scripture concerning this happening. And if, if, if you know of one, please let me know and I'll, I'll study it. But I, I haven't found it. And that, that is the idea that we have the power and the ability to, to command angels to do our bidding. I don't find that to be scriptural. Mm -hmm. 
I, I have heard people, um, you know, say, make statements, well, I, I see angels in this place tonight. Well, I, I don't doubt that, okay? I've, I've never seen an angel that I'm aware of. Uh, and I know that, that the Bible tells us we need to be courteous, we need to be hospitable, you know, to people, because sometimes we entertain angels unawares, the Bible says. We're not even aware that angels or an angel is in our presence. And, and it tells us we, we need, you need to be careful how you treat people because, you know, it, it may be an angel and, and you just don't know it. So I, I, don't, I don't really doubt people when, you know, they say, well, I, I see angels in this place because I, I do believe that there have been times for a specific purpose, maybe for a specific occasion that God has opened the eyes of some to be able to see. But but here's here's where I have a, a problem. Because I have been in services where uh, where someone commanded angels to do their bidding. I've been in services where angels were commanded to guard the doors. Guard the doors and keep every vile spirit out of this place. Well, you know, an angel can keep a vile spirit out of a place, but so can you. And so I, I don't find in Scripture where we have been given authority by God to command angels. Now, I do know, I do know that what the Bible says about angels. I know the Bible says that they are ministering spirits. I know that, and I do believe that. After Jesus was tempted of, of Satan in the wilderness in Matthew chapter 4, after all of that was said and done, Matthew said, angels came and ministered unto him. I do believe in angels and I do believe that they are ministering spirits. And I do believe the word when, when the word says that the angels of the Lord are encamped around them that fear Him. I believe that. I believe that. I, I believe everywhere I go that there are angels. I, I can't see them, Sister Mary. I, I can't reach out and touch them. We, we don't chat and have conversations. I, I believe that they have been dispensed by God right. to, to minister to, to the Lord's people. So I, I believe in all of that. I believe everything the Bible says about angels, who they are, what their purpose is, uh, what God has created them to do. I just don't see anywhere that God has given us uh, the, the authority to command angels to do our bidding. Now, my logical brain said, says this. Speaking of the Lord, and we know that Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. Speaking of the Lord, the Bible says that He was made a little lower than the angels. Right now, in the and I, and I don't want to get into this other than just to bump it, you know, just a little bit. 
because it's not the purpose of, of this lesson. But, but I do understand that there are different spheres, you know, in the realm of the heavenlies. Paul wrote about that third heaven. Remember that? He said, I, I know a man. Can't tell you his name. A lot of people believe that, that it was Paul that had this experience, but he was relating it in the third person as if it happened to somebody else. He said, I know a man. You know, in the spirit, I can't tell. Neil flesh, I can't tell. It was caught up into the third heaven and, and saw unexplainable things. Well, I, I believe in reading and studying that third heaven is the realm of the angelic being. And just below that is the realm of the of demonic angelic. Because Paul talks in Ephesians, you know, of who we're struggling against. We're struggling against principalities and powers uh, and, and the rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual wickedness. In elevated places. I know the, the King James says high places. It's, it's elevated places. And, and I do believe that it's talking about a, a realm of, of the heavenlies. Okay, so, uh, so, so let's get getting, and, I, and, and all I want to do is just bump that. So let, let's get back to the, the human role in spiritual warfare. Uh, because I, I do believe that this passage in Daniel chapter 10 that we looked at last week does, uh, does give us some important insights into heavenly conflict as well as people's role in it uh, and, and how we see its effects. The first thing, uh, I want to touch this evening. It, I've kind of already been talking about it. But in this, in this context, Daniel is nowhere portrayed as praying to or commanding angels. When you read, his prayer is directed to God and God alone. Who in turn it would appear commissions his angelic host to engage in the conflict. And I, I do believe personally that that's the way it happened. Daniel prayed. In fact, you know, you, you go back over that context. Daniel had no idea that anything was going on for three weeks. The only thing Daniel knew is he was praying to God. Every day and, and he was fasting every day and he called it afflicting, you know, his, his, himself before God. And, and, and the only thing Daniel knows is, hey, I'm praying and, and nothing's happening. I'm fasting and nothing's happening, but, but I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep praying and I'm going to keep fasting until something happens. And I believe, according to what we see in, in the recorded word that Daniel recorded himself, that that's all Daniel knew. That's all he knew. God didn't open and he didn't peel back the heavens like the layers of an onion and, and allow Daniel to see that the king or the prince of Persia 
in, in, in a, a, a conflict with, with angels that were dispensed to aid Daniel. Daniel gives no illusion of, of knowing anything that's going on in that respect. And so he prays, and he prays to God alone. And, and it, it's God, again, by, uh, uh, by observation, uh, that commands the angelic host to engage. I like God is seeing Daniel, and, and, and the moment Daniel begins to pray, then God dispenses. I don't know how it happens. You know, maybe, maybe there were angels around that were observing, and the moment Daniel began to pray, you know, it could be the Lord said, you, you and you, get down there. Do what you're supposed to do. Get down there. Well, on their way, they're met. And they engage in, in battle there for 21 days. And we, we described that last week. And, and, and then uh, Michael comes and, and, and helps there. And, and so it, it is Daniel prays, God dispenses the angelic beings. And I believe that's the way it happens with you and I. We pray. We fast. God dispenses the aid and the help that we need. And we never know when or how much or how long that there is spiritual conflict in the realm of the heavenlies simply because of your prayer. Now, I want to, I want to make two quick notes about that. Now, number one, that should encourage you to... To, to keep on praying. Amen. Keep on praying. And, and number two, it ought to encourage you that in the, in the fact that the moment you prayed, God heard your prayer. Because that was the message that the angel broke, brought to Daniel. He said that the moment you prayed, the moment you begin to pray, your words were heard. And in fact, Daniel, that's the reason I'm here right now is because of your words. So, so words mean things. Words mean things to God. So, so don't be weary in well-doing. Pray, keep on praying. Fast, keep on fasting. Pray until you get an answer. Don't try to command angels. Just pray to God. Pray to God. You, you don't have to command angels to block a door. If God wants a door blocked, then let me tell you something. He, he can do the same thing that He did for Balaam and his old donkey. He can send an angel of the Lord with a, with, with a sword that's a flame and fire to block any path or doorway or window or whatever that, that needs to be done. But the way I look at it and the way I understand it, that's God's business. Not ours. So don't don't get caught up with all of this sensationalism that that you will hear that you can hear you know people and and because uh, you just I mean you did something you just dear God you just don't know about people today. Amen. I mean even people are. 
that are supposed to have the Holy Ghost, you just you, you don't you don't know. You just don't know. And I, I was talking to a pastor friend of mine, you know, early in the week, and I said, I, I just don't understand this. I I said, I you know, for some reason as as of late, I've just kind of reconnected, you know, with the the ministry of Mark Morgan and and I said, I don't, I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe it's, it's God that, that has directed me to try to get me or to help me to understand, you know, some things that I've been looking for. And, and he said, I don't understand it either, but I'm the same way. I've been pulling down every message I can find, you know, by, by, by him. And, and, and Brother Morgan said, you know, in, in a couple of messages, and, and he, he works, he, you know, his ministry is geared you know, towards the prophetic and, you know, but, but he said, but he said the other day in a meeting a couple of weeks ago and, you know, he kind of got a little perturbed and he said, I'm going to tell y'all something right now. We're, we're in a place that we have, we have sensationalized the prophetic. And we, and we got all these crazy people running around and, and just popping off prophecy here and there and prophecy and, and, and prophecy. And I thought, well, that's true. Somebody sent me a video of an apostolic prophet based out of Alexandria. That he was he was making a stretch, buddy. He was making a stretch. There was something happened with Chris Rock. Anybody know who Chris Rock is? Something, some deal with Chris Rock, and and something about Bel Air, Bel Air, like Bel Air, California, and and this. I started calling my fruit loop, but I want to be careful. But this guy is sitting there, and, and you see this big thing, and it's Chris Rock, and then something to do with Bel Air. Here's what he says, Chris Rock. Now, Chris Rock, he said, Chris, you got C-H-R-I-S. He said, you got one letter lacking for it to be Christ. He said, Chris Rock. Christ is the rock who comes against the prince of Baal in the air. And, and, then, and then this was this was his statement. After he said that, and he said it two or three times, he said, Y'all see, y'all see what I'm talking about here? Chris Rock. Christ the rock against the prince of Baal. Uh, Baal, the prince of the air, had absolutely nothing to do. But the but the statement that floored me was this: He said, "Anybody who reads scripture would be able to see that." And I'm sitting there, and and I, I rewind it, and I thought, surely I missed something here. And, and so I played it again. And Sister Mary, he said the same thing he said the first time. And, and then comes the statement. Now, anybody who reads Scripture should be able to see this. And I'm like, no, I'm, I missed something again. I rewind <laughs> And I played it again. And lo and behold, he, he said the same thing again. And I thought, Doc... You, you are off your rocker. I mean, you, you call yourself a prophet. 
And, and you want to take Chris Rock and say it means Christ the Rock. It's, even though it's mis- his name is missing the letter T. Say it's Christ the Rock against Baal, the power of the air or the prince of the air. And anybody who reads their, their Bible should be able to see this. And I'm thinking, well, well, bless God, I guess I'm just way out here, just about as dumb as, as a stick somewhere because I read my Bible and I still can't get Christ the Rock out of Chris Rock. And I, I so it, you, you, have to, you have to be careful because... And, 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 and this guy's making his circles, you know, in, in our churches. How? I don't, I don't understand. You know, but, but he's making his circles in, in our churches. And, and there's a lot of people believe in him. And then there's a lot of people that says, well, I'm going to just be point blank. The guy's nutty as a fruitcake and he's nothing but a liar and he is a false prophet. And one guy, one guy said, you know, he, he prophesied to my father-in-law my, that my father-in-law was going to have a growth behind his ear and that God was going to heal that growth and he'd live. He said, my father-in-law had a growth behind his ear. He said, but he did die because of it. He said, so, she said, so the guy's a liar. He don't know what he's talking about. Folks, I'm not trying to, and I'm not even going to tell you his name, so don't ask. But, but I'm, I'm trying to help us to understand. Don't, don't fall off the block because of the sensationalizing uh, of things of the realm of the Spirit. You know, because a, a lot of it is sensationalism. Now, again, do you have the power to cast out devils? Yes, you have. I've cast out many. But I've never seen an angel of the Lord and I say, you go stand at that door and he goes stands at the door. Never seen that and I've never done that. I don't find that done in Scripture. I find that God dispenses angels. They are ministering spirits in my belief that are dispensed at His call. So, so don't, don't get wrapped up in, in this stuff. Brother Morgan said the other day, we've, again, he said we've sensationalized prophecy and, and the role of a prophet. And he said, and, and it's, costing, it's costing God's people. He said, because people all, all the time want to hear a word. They want a word from somebody. Want a word. He said, you need to get your own word. And he said, if you got if you got somebody that's telling you what the will of God is for you, he said, you better be wary of that individual. He said, get get your own prophecy. God will speak to you. He said, if you if you will put yourself on the altar and crucify your will and your flesh, then God will speak to you. He said, you be, 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 you be weary of these people that, that want to run around telling you this is the will of God for you and it's the will of God for you to do this and, and that and, and the other. And I, for one, I am thankful that somebody 
is finally that has a voice that is, that is much bigger than mine. That is, that is able to stand up and bring light to some of these things that, that, that have been sensationalized for so long. So again, and my, my time is, is running out. Daniel didn't pray to angels. He prayed to God alone. Now listen, Daniel's prayer did provoke heavenly conflict. And I do believe uh, that that happened. So the fact that Daniel's three-week fast coincides with with the three-week struggle between the prince of Persia and the unnamed angel demonstrates a relationship between human intercession and what happens on a higher plane. Amen? So prayer... Prayer is not a stagnant force, but it does incite spiritual activity. Your prayer is not stagnant. I know, I know sometimes when, when you pray, how, how many of you feel the Holy Ghost every time you pray? Y'all feel the Holy Ghost every time you pray? Not none of you? My Lord, do we need to all come to the altar? We we need to do our first work? Do we need to start all over again? Or none of you feel the Holy Ghost every time you pray? Well, let me ask you a question. What what's wrong with y'all? Now let me give you an answer. Ain't nothing wrong with you. But, but here's what can happen sometimes if we don't, if we listen to some people, to, to hear some people, by the time their knees hit the floor, they're speaking in tongues. Now, now I'll, I'll admit that there have been times that, that I have been called to prayer. Okay, that, that, that has happened. That there has been a pull on my spirit from the Spirit of God into a time of prayer. And, and sometimes, not every time, sometimes I can go into that anointed prayer and, and be praying in the Spirit almost immediately. But on the flip side of that coin, there are times that it seems, now notice the word seems, that it seems like my prayers are nothing but words. Can anybody relate to that? I, I, don't, I don't sense the presence of God. I, my, my, mind is, my mind is focused. I, I know what I'm praying for. I know what I'm praying about or who I'm praying about, what I'm praying about. I know all of that. I, I, don't, I don't feel my spirit... You know, wanting to engage in praying in the Spirit. So, so all of my words are in English, but, but yet I'm not shaking around and I'm not flopping on the floor like a fish out of water. And, you know, and I'm not just, you know, the presence of God just hadn't come down. And, and it, just, it just seems like that my prayer is nothing but words. But, but I want to help you this evening before we leave here in just a few moments. Because even though 
It may seem that at times your prayer is nothing but words. Listen, your prayer is not a stagnant force. When you can't feel God, you have no idea what's happening in the realm of the Spirit. See, when the angel came after three weeks to Daniel, he, he didn't tell Daniel, you know, we, I, I've, I've come, you know, because of, of the, you know, the, the high intensity of your prayers, Daniel. He didn't tell Daniel. I've come, Daniel, because in, in your three weeks of praying, every time you prayed, you, buddy, you just felt the power of God everywhere. That, that's not what he said. He didn't tell Daniel, I, I have come, you know, because of the urgency of your spirit. He said, I have come for your words. Did you get that? I have come for your words. So, when you pray and, and you feel you feel the anointing of God. That does not mean that your prayers are any more powerful at that moment of time than your prayer was yesterday if you prayed and didn't feel anything from God. Does it make sense? Because the, the devil will trip you up. And, and if it's time to pray... You, you can say, well, I just, don't, I just don't feel the mood of prayer right now. See, God never told us to pray when we feel the mood of prayer. And again, I do believe that there are seasons of prayer. I do believe that there are times that if you're sensitive to the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God will call you to prayer at, at various times. But, but when it doesn't do that, we, we still have to be faithful to a time of prayer even when we're not, we're not really being moved by the Spirit of God. Because again, I want to go back to what the angel said. I am come for your words. God heard your words. I'm here because of your words. Again, Daniel did not command angels. He didn't pray to angels. He prayed to God because he understood that prayer is not some stagnant force, but prayer incites spiritual activity. The same goes for fasting. Fasting incites spiritual activity because you, you are crucifying your flesh. What are, what are you doing? I, I'm not try, when I fast, I'm not trying to get an answer from God. I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to crucify my desires, my fleshly desires, in order that I can be more sensitive to the moving of the Spirit of God, to the voice of God, and have greater illumination to my mind of the Word of God. See, you, you can't pray and fast and, as a manipulative tactic. To get God to do what you want to do. Or you want Him to do. Because God's not going to do anything, number one, that's contrary to His will. 
I don't care how much you pray and I don't care how much you fast. You're not going to twist the arm of God to do what is not His will to do to begin with. What praying and fasting is going to do for you is to help you to become in tune with the will of God. Does that make sense? Amen. Alright, so fasting is not, not some stagnant. So Daniel had no idea what was happening in the spiritual realm as he prayed. So there, there again, there is no indication that Daniel was attempting to discern territorial spirits, pray against them, or cast them down. Amen. The key is to pray and fast and not focus upon the spiritual forces that may or may not be involved. We pray to God. We fast to make us more sensitive. That the spiritual part of it is left up to God. That our role, you want to talk about the human role in spiritual warfare, our role is to pray and fast. If there's any commanding of angels that need to be done... Leave that up to the Lord. Let God deal with that. Amen. And so Daniel only learned about what had happened in the angelic realm after the warring in heaven. See, God didn't send an angel, dispense an angel with information and say, you know what? Now, Now, Daniel, you've been praying, you've been fasting for, you know, this length of time and I know you don't know it, but... There's some war going on up there, you know, and I'm going to just tell you now, when the war is over, when we're able to conquer the opposing spiritual forces that are opposing the answer to your prayer, then there'll be an answer to your prayer. But until then, Daniel, you just hang on, buddy. You just keep praying and you just keep believing God and you just keep fasting because sooner or later we're going to get the upper hand. That's not what happened. Daniel didn't find out about the warring in heaven until everything had been said and done. So, uh, and, and so... Again, that and the, the commanding of angels and all of that activity, we, we, we just need to leave that to God. So, in conclusion for this evening, the, the best as far as the human role in spiritual warfare, the best and more biblical response to what we know about the reality of territorial spirits is simply to follow Paul's counsel in Ephesians chapter 6 and adorn ourselves every day with the armor of God. And having done that, stand firm. Because that was the command of Paul. You want to know how to battle territorial spirits? You just arm yourselves every day with the full armor of God. And when you get get that on, then you just stand firm. You pray and you fast. And you believe God and you expect an answer from the Lord. 
But, but again, nowhere do we find in Scripture of which I am aware that God has ever intended us to command angelic spirits to do our bidding. Amen? Amen. Let's just pray. Let's just fast. Let's adorn ourselves, ourselves with the armor of God and having done that, stand firm. Amen? Because I do believe that every prayer has an answer. I do. I I believe every prayer has an answer. That answer may be wrapped up sometimes in things that we don't see and, and God doesn't give us insight into. But the answer is coming. Amen? So keep praying. Keep fasting. Keep believing God. You keep doing what God has instructed us to do. And, and leave the rest of it to God. Amen? Because God sees the end from the beginning. And, and He knows what's going on in, in, at any given time. When, when you pray, He knows what's initiated against your prayer. He knows what He does because of your prayer. You, I, I, God has just instructed us and expects us just to keep praying and keep fasting, keep standing firm, keep putting on the armor of God, and, and leave all of that other stuff to God. Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you. My time is...